At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Still to come, we'll go through the Major League Baseball schedule for Tuesday. See if we can pick out some spots. Stay hot with our play of the day. Since we returned from our vacation, we've hit three straight play of the days. And uh, the card uh, on vcin.com after a bad showing yesterday uh, or two days ago, four and one here on the Monday plays. So we'll take a look at what we have coming up here on Tuesday, see if we can find some winners and identify an early play of the day candidate. The big stories, of course, that we are paying attention to, the Major League Baseball trade deadline, 6 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. There have been several moves to go down here on Monday. I'm sure more will come here on Tuesday with the biggest move still hanging out there, a potential Juan Soto trade from the Washington Nationals. The story breaking, though, on Monday, the announcement of the Deshaun Watson suspension. The NFL's independent disciplinary officer, Judge Sue Robinson, has finally issued her ruling, and it is a six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. The NFL does have three days to appeal this decision. However, I don't think they're going to. I think it would be a bad look for the NFL to appeal this ruling. The reason why I say that is because this is the process that the NFL put in place because of all the criticism about the disciplinary actions in the past. Under the new CBA, they have figured out that this is what we're going to do. We're going to have an independent arbiter make a ruling here on all of these matters. And so the league presented their case. Deshaun Watson, they he put in his case. And, well, this is what she ruled. There were 32 previous suspensions on the league's personal conduct policy since 2015. In 21 of those instances, 
the league suspended the player for six games. The longest suspension was 10 games. Jaron Jones in 2021. And that involved a criminal plea and multiple incidents of domestic violence. There were two eight-game suspensions, Kareem Hunt in 2019 and Mark Walton in 2020. Both of them had multiple incidents of domestic violence. In the um, ruling, Judge Robinson wrote, quote, the NFL carried its burden to prove by a preponderance of the evidence that Mr. Watson engaged in sexual assault as defined by the NFL against the four therapists identified in the report, Mr. Watson violated the policy in this regard. And it's important, we got to separate this, and I think Albert Breer from the MMQB did a tremendous job of this on Twitter earlier uh, on Monday, is that Judge Robinson was not making this ruling based on 24 civil cases brought against Deshaun Watson. And I understand that's everyone's outrage, right? Everyone is completely outraged over the 24 cases. But she was only dealing with four cases brought by the NFL. The fifth case was thrown out because... The NFL did not interview the woman. So there were only four cases that she was making this ruling based off of. And so based off of those four cases and those four cases alone, she came to a decision of a six-game suspension. It mirrors suspensions for Ezekiel Elliott and Ben Roethlisberger in the past. And like those two situations and this situation, none of them had any criminal charges. So I understand why people are not thrilled with this outcome. And a lot of people have been comparing all the other suspensions in in the past, right? to, um, you know, things that players have done. Um, you, you look at Calvin Ridley and, and and gambling, and you look at other players that suspended for other things in the past, and people say, Deshaun Watson, 24 allegations of sexual misconduct, and yet he only gets six games. Again, that's not the case here. It's not. And <laughs> Judge Robinson is is doing this not based on public perception, not based on anything other than the exact letter of the law and the procedure that she has to follow. And the procedure is to only go off of the four cases that the NFL presented. Could there have been stronger cases of the 20 other cases, and I know most of them were settled by Watson. So, you know, if you want to talk about those civil suits, they were all settled. Most of them were settled. And again, no criminal charges. So could there have been stronger cases that 
Maybe he should have been suspended for more. I don't know. But based on these four cases, six-game suspension. And so now we look at it from the Browns' perspective. They got to be thrilled. Right? I mean, they the, the first six games for the Cleveland Browns are the, probably the easiest part of their schedule. They are currently favored in five of those six games. And realistically, a real expectation for them is four and two at a minimum. If they go three and three, I think it's a disappointment. If they go five and one, I don't think anybody blinks. Again, they're favored in five of the six games. You look at this schedule. At the Panthers, favored. Home to the Jets, favored. Home to the Steelers, favored. At the Falcons, favored. That could very easily be 4-0. Home to the Chargers, they're an underdog. Then again, West Coast team traveling East Coast, uh, playing the 1 o'clock Eastern time game, right? We always talk about the, the difficulties there and does that factor in? And Maybe the Browns upset them. I don't know. But they're a dog. And then home to the Patriots, the Browns are favored. Now, could they lose that game? Sure, could lose all those games. Who knows? But if you're just looking at it, Objectively, I think the Browns' a realistic expectation is four and two. And if they do go four and two in those six games, well, this is a playoff team. This is a playoff team. And their odds to win the division right now are what, plus 230? These odds are not going to get better unless you're talking about them losing game one against the Panthers or losing uh, against the Jets. And then all of a sudden people change their tune and start to think more negatively about the Browns and the market shifts on them, which I don't think is going to be the case. Then maybe there's an opportunity to buy in on them during the season. But to be honest with you, if I think if they go four and two in those first six games, the market's only going to get worse. And you're not going to have an opportunity to make money on them. And I think right now, they are a legit contender to win this division. To have Watson back after six weeks, and it's a big if. He, if he's the quarterback that he was before he took the, you know, did not play last year for the Texans. That's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, without a doubt. No one argues that. Go look at his numbers from two years ago. Dude was incredible. If the Browns get anything close to that Deshaun Watson, and he's there for 11 games, (laughs) how does this team not win the bulk of those games and go to the playoffs as a 10-win team at least. This is a playoff team in my opinion. I don't know if they're a team that's going to make noise in the playoffs. But right now on DraftKings, the yes to make the playoffs, minus 105. And I think that's the case, that the Browns are a playoff team.
We'll continue this discussion, including some interesting wrinkles and a way that Deshaun maybe could play in week one of the season. It's not as far-fetched as you think. Mackenzie Rivers from uh, Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, and RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast will join me coming up next. We'll get more into the fallout from the Deshaun Watson six-game suspension announcement coming up next. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Back here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined in the studio by Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio's Straight Out of Vegas, RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast. And I left you with a little tease, and Mackenzie caught the tease, and he was like, ooh, it's yeah, a good it tease. Peaked. My interest was peaked. The interest was peaked as to how Deshaun Watson could play in week one. Because it's my understanding that he's suspended for the first six games of the season. So That far. is correct. That's my understanding. However, the NFL does have three days to appeal this suspension. Right. Should the NFL appeal this suspension, it then goes to Roger Goodell to then make the ultimate decision. Judge, jury, and execution. And then if he decides to go anything longer than six games, which obviously he would if the NFL is appealing this, they obviously want more than six games. Well, the next step would to then be a counter suit. by Deshaun Watson and the NFLPA, thus leading to a legal proceeding, which, much like in the case of Ezekiel Elliott's 2017 suspension, could then carry into the season. And if you remember, Zeke played the majority of the early part of the season and then was suspended in November. 
There'd be a stay on his suspension. Correct. It would be a stay of execution. Deshaun Watson, in that case, would that play would play while this legal process plays out. And then if they just to say, okay, now he's going to be suspended, maybe he's suspended in October or November. But there is a chance. Now, I don't think it's going to happen because I can't see the NFL appealing this. I can't either. I mean, the very first time that they bring it to a lady judge, I never heard anyone complain about her credentials or, oh, she was a corporate judge or anything during the whole process. You know, this is the person that we selected. Seemed like everybody, all the sides, you know, were thought it was fair until her ruling came out. And now there's, <laughs> you know, dispute about whether it's fair or not. But they, they laid the bed. Now they got to sleep in it. That's my point. That's my feelings exactly. Like they, this, you can't in the first year of going through right. this process now come in and say, yeah, we don't agree with your decision. I mean, what was the number one complaint about the NFL? That it was draconian, that mm-hmm. it was, we're just going to decide whatever we want. And, you know, obviously we're going to do it for PR decisions, but we're going to mask it in some sort of, you know, we're, we're a pink, you know, sleeve, you know, during October or whatever. No, all of that was nonsense. And they realized it was nonsense. The, the uh, Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, said it. We're not policemen. Mm-hmm. We're not the FBI. Our investigators are all right. Yeah. But they're not professionals. We're going to let the professionals do their job. Two grand juries did their jobs. No court cases. This judge came to it, looked at all the evidence, and said it was, it was, it was a fine. It was, it was a violation of the conduct policy similar to Ezekiel Elliott or many others. You mentioned it, 21 suspensions mm-hmm. in the last five years of six games. Makes sense to me. And what's important to acknowledge is that she was not ruling based on the 24 cases that were brought up against them. It was only four cases. Only four cases she was ruling on, not 24. And which cases were they? They were the the best cases, the cases where they wanted to keep talking. They weren't like, oh, well, I already got $100,000. I'm Mm kind of done with this issue. Mm -hmm. Those were the people that kept pressing. Those were the NFL's selected four cases. And it was the strongest cases that they had because they wanted a year plus suspension because that's what most people wanted. And they wanted, you know, who who pays them? The fans, the public. They want to be ha- them, them to be happy. However, you know, if you look closely at the nitty gritty, it probably wasn't 24 cases. Actually. Yeah. It wasn't actually there. So now we look at the Browns in the first six games of the season, favored in five of them, Mackenzie. Your realistic expectation for those six games. Jacoby Brissett had some bad games in Miami. When you make Tua look good, you know you're having some pretty bad games. <laughs> but over the span of his career, he's been a serviceable quarterback. He's not that different from Case Keenum, a guy that came in for Baker Mayfield for the Browns last year and went 2-1. and one. I, I say 4-2 and two is probably the most realistic. I mean, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. It's like who's who on who you want to play mm-hmm. on the road and get some of these easy opponents, you know, get some wins under your belt. So oh. I'd say four wins uh, probably after six. Okay, so if it's four wins, are the Browns a playoff team? Yes, and the over-under right now at circa eight and a half seems crazy to me. That's because too low. It seems crazy low because yeah. I think they're a playoff team. They were, you know, on path to being a playoff team, favored to make the playoffs last year with the worst quarterback. And I'd say, you know, 10-17ths of Deshaun Watson and 7-17ths of Jacoby Brissett probably better than Baker Mayfield on the on the whole. So given that, given that they have the eighth easiest schedule, I mean, if this was an average team, like completely average, and they had a middle-of-the-world schedule, you'd expect what? Out of 17 games, eight and a half wins. 50% mm-hmm. expected win percentage. Not only are they much better than average roster-wise, and they will have a better-than-average quarterback for most of the year, they have the eighth easiest schedule, and they start out with the easiest schedule in the first month 
perfectly set up for Jacoby Brissett. I think they're they're more likely to win 11 games than eight games. So I already bet over eight and a half. I like it all the way up to nine. And uh, very happy that I have the Browns in our little and uh, our team draft. All right, the quarterback of the team draft, uh, the team yeah. draft that we did uh, earlier. Uh, when it comes to uh, was it the Super Bowl auction or was it just the, the team success? It draft? wasn't the Super Bowl okay. auction. It was the team success bet that we did. The, so I have. I the think Browns. you're in better shape there with the. Browns. Yeah, I'm in better shape now. Now knowing that it's only six games, I'm in better <laughs> shape there. Uh, you mentioned okay. Now planning this out, eight and a half here at Circa. Obviously, shop around. You can find eight and a half. I like over eight and a half. This was an eight-win team last year. Right. So you get six games of Jacoby Brissett, and we think they win at least four of them. Okay? Yes, right. Just based on their schedule. I just mean, on their schedule. Just on those out. six games. So now the remaining games, if you if you already have four wins, you're just looking for five wins out of the final 11 games with Deshaun Watson. And I'll just read you off opponents. Let's see if we can get the five real quick. It starts off difficult. It starts off difficult, but but in those games, Texans. That's a win. Revenge game. <laughs> yeah. Saints at home. Saints get a lot of love, but I think that's a win. Commanders. Washington football team's going to lose that one. Steelers. No quarterback, no chance. Okay. And then... Wait, how many wins we got there? So we got the Texans. That's four. That, that, right. that, we're, we're looking for... We're, yeah, we're, we're looking pretty good. I think we're we're gonna looking split. for one more win. We're going to split with the Ravens and Bengals, I think. So Exactly. You need one more win between Ravens twice, Bengals twice, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks. One right. win. What's the last game of the season? At the Steelers. Yeah. It seems like a playoff team to me. I mean, you're playing against... Uh, you know, in the division... Who really scares you? I mean, the Ravens are probably as good. You look at the division odds, they're plus 200, plus 200, plus 200. Why is this season win a game less than these other teams in the division if they're just as good? At DraftKings right now, Browns to make the playoffs, the yes, minus 105. Uh, we mentioned the regular season wins. You can shop around and find it. Eight and a half here at Circa, I think, is just crazy low. Yeah, think about it. Market says global market, lots of money mm-hmm. in DraftKings. Minus 105, about 50-50, maybe 49-51 that they missed the playoffs. If they win nine games, there's a good chance they don't make the playoffs, but there's a 100% chance I'm cashing over eight and a half. Yes, if they exactly. win 10 games, they might not make the playoffs. They might you know, somehow be eighth. Over nine and a half. definitely going to cash eight and a half. Number at DraftKings, nine and a half on their win total. The under minus 125, the over plus 105. Which right. is interesting because if they win over, they're going to make the playoffs. So it's like you, might act- you should actually bet the over nine and a half instead of betting them to make the playoffs because take the plus 105 instead of the minus 105 10 win teams make you have both accounts and i know more than one person that did this you should max bet the under nine and a half and you should max bet the over eight and a half because there's just a great positive ev then you can get the handicapping how much do you want to be weighted to the over weighted to the under but even at minus 125 under minus 125 minus 110 over eight and a half is a very profitable middle it's still available it's surprising to me that it was available this morning Sharps pounded it. Some of the numbers moved a little bit, but it's still profitable where it is right now. Is that an arbitrage? Uh, I believe that is an arbitrage yeah. or a scalp. I mean, they got all these fancy words. I'm like, <laughs> which one makes me the money? And that's the one I usually try to get involved in. Would you be? Would you take plus two thirty for them to win the division? I I, I would nah. I would probably pass on that because you know I'm, I'm a fan of Joe Burrow and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They're in a contract year with Lamar Jackson. I don't think you're losing money. I think it's probably a, a flat, even money bet because I think that's probably the appropriate odds. Each of them have about a one-third chance to win to win it. 
And right. plus 230 is probably saying it's like more than like 30%. Not enough there to get me interested. Okay. And I think, look, if we can, if we think they're a 10-win team, I mean, how many wins does win this division? Right. 11 at the most. It, it could it could be one of the best divisions in, you know, at the top. Where I don't want to say 11, don't, don't 10 say, wins. Don't say best. Because there's the Most NCUS. competitive. Exactly. Exactly. Very there's well a difference. Yeah. There's not the best division. Because I don't think any of those teams are top five teams. Correct. The, the, you know, Bengals, Browns are But are, most are competitive yeah. division, I will give you that. Uh, we're going to continue to talk some football here. He's Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast on Twitter at Mackin Rivers. It's a clever Twitter name. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Debo Samuel, your boy, gets paid. Yes, sir. Maybe that's a bad thing, though. We'll the talk eight, about it coming up next. This, is, this is the look ahead here on VSIN. It's the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined in studio by Mackenzie Rivers what from what Fox up? Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast on Twitter at Mackin Rivers. And your boy, Mackenzie Debo, got My man. paid. He's now the seventh wide receiver this offseason to sign a deal with a $24 million or more average annual salary. Worth every penny? Worth every penny and more. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I don't know if I'm like breaking the shield here or going against, you know, my 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 brethren or my fraternity and being a you know a Shanahan um, on my mom's side. <laughs> we got off on a steal. He's the eighth highest paid quarterback in the football on a year by year basis. 74 million, 58 million guaranteed. He does deserve that money, but he deserves more money. He was an all pro last year. He was right next to Cooper Cup. You look at PFF grades, it went Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel. They were right neck and neck, all three of them. Clearly the best receivers in the NFL last year. Now it's mm-hmm. one year. It was his first Pro Bowl year. It was his first All-Pro year. I'm not saying he's Devontae Adams just like that. But DK Metcalf isn't either. And DK Metcalf actually got paid more on a per-year basis for no reason other than that they need to sell tickets in Seattle. Debo Samuel, I'm so thankful you were on my team for the next three years. Uh, your agent maybe you know get another one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm happy because you know we got more money to spend on Nick Bosa next year. That's going to be probably the biggest deal since TJ Watt, thirty million a year quarterback type money. We have a little more flexibility. I don't know. Maybe Debo Samuel's Tom Brady at heart, and he just wanted us to win a Super Bowl, and he's like, let me not take twenty eight, let me take twenty four. But I appreciate it. So we, we got off on a steal. All right, I have a theory here, and it's it's not about Debo per se. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes under his receiving prop this year. I'm glad you mentioned this. Because I think he rushes the ball more this year. Yes. There was the narrative all offseason, and it was probably some agent talking to somebody, but I never heard it out of Debo's mouth, and I never believed it, that, oh, I don't want to run as much. I'm worried about my long-term trajectory. Debo Samuel himself came up with the term wide back. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not a receiver. I'm not a running back. I'm a wide back. You see these practices, he's talking to Kyle like every other you know, minute. They're always joking. They're always talking. And you look at the uh, the mic'd up like during the Cowboys game. Yep. He's like, hey, play this. I want to run for a touchdown for 20 yards. Kyle's like, good idea. You know, I'm, I'm not a, the genius that I thought I was because you just caught up a great play call that actually worked for a 20-yard touchdown in the Cowboys game. That's the kind of symbiotic relationship that I see. And, and you bring in Trey Lance, who's not 
a great throw of the ball yet. He's practicing. He's you know he's working on it. But they're going to do a lot of bootlegs, a lot of keep it short to the ground, a lot of runs. Debo Samuel probably runs for 500 yards this year. I don't think he catches for 1,000 again. Over the last four seasons, the 49ers have had a different leading rusher. And the most yardage that any of those leading rushers ran for was last year Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, 963. Six-round draft pick like Trail Davis. They have like not had a 1,000-yard rusher since Frank Gore in 2014. I actually think that Debo could possibly lead the team in rushing this year. And it might only take 600-something yards. Right. It, w- it wouldn't shock me because he was running for like seven yards a pop. Like during the season when he was pretty much like the number one contributor on the ground, during like eight times a game. Yeah, Jeffrey Wilson, a couple of years, two seasons ago, was their leading rusher with 600 yards. Raheem Mostert, yeah. 772. I mean... Debo could get that. Yeah, Raheem Moser was, you know, the lead back, got injured day one. Now he's in Miami, moved on to a sixth-round pick. Actually, our third-round pick, Trey Sermon, wasn't any good, so we moved on. That's the kind of way they do it, you know, with the Shanahan system is bring in the next guy. Debo Samuel's the one guy you know 17 games that they want with the ball in their hands. Yeah. I wouldn't say that about their running backs necessarily. So, yeah. yeah. If there's a rushing prop, they probably put that up eventually closer to the season. Yeah, I haven't seen a rushing prop on I would look over, and I would look under receiving yards for Debo. That's what I would do. Under Debo right now, uh, 950.5. Wow, they're in my head. I'm like, it's not going to be 1,000, and they put it (laughs) in 950. So that's a a sharper number than I thought. I would still lean under on that. I would still lean under on that just because I think he makes up for it in the uh, receiving yardage uh, numbers. Um, anything else jumping out to you? This NFL offseason preseason starts, yeah. believe it or not, on Thursday with the Hall of Fame game. Huge news today for America's team. James Washington yeah. and the Cowboys are in trouble because the Eagles are the number one upgraded team in Vegas. Why? Draft day, they traded for A.J. Brown, $25 million receiver, just like Debo Samuel. Oh, Debo Samuel got a little cheaper, but you get know what I'm saying. <laughs> Very good wide receiver added to the team. What does that do? They go from eight and a half wins nine and a half wins Vegas says okay they're for real they're for real right now we'll see about the quarterback but they're for real right now the Cowboys they opened up at 10 and a half wins then they got rid of Amari Cooper went to the Browns dropped down to 10 now their next wide receiver Michael Gallup we know their third wide receiver is already on the PUP list for mm-hmm. a while so they have CD Lamb a second year player he had a good year but he's a second year player he's not necessarily proven their second wide receiver is already out for six to ten weeks James Washington with the foot injury that's huge news because that it's cluster injuries in the preseason. Mm. We talk about this when the season goes on. When you get more than one injury in the same position group, it has a multiplying effect. I don't think there's a position group that could be hurt more than losing the number two wide receiver for the Cowboys on that team. I'm looking under 10 wins. I think I wouldn't be surprised if it drops to nine and a half before the season starts. Right in line with the Eagles. Yeah. Well, I've been very high on the Eagles, much like everybody has this offseason. I'm high on the Giants. No, I'll give you credit, though. You yeah. said this after the draft that mm-hmm. you were you were up on the Eagles, and that was before this huge move we've seen in the season with yeah. the total market. Absolutely. And and it's because, largely because I'm down on the Cowboys. Right. So. Somebody's got to win that division. <laughs> yeah. I look at the division over and over. I'm like, the command? <laughs> The giant. I don't understand who's going to win that division, but theoretically, someone technically has to. Well, a different team has every single year since 2004. Uh, but speaking of the preseason, coming up this Thursday, and I talked to Ben Brown from PFF earlier about this, uh, he likes the Jaguars in this first preseason game. I actually like them as well. And I, 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 we, we talked about the idea of what are teams playing for in the preseason? Sure. Yeah. And if you look at, what Bill Belichick has always, they, he don't care about the preseason, no. right? right? Josh McDaniels comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree where it's 
treating the preseason as maybe just getting a look at your players. Right. Right. And and how many, how often does Bill Belichick even treat the first four weeks of the regular season yeah. like a preseason? Right. Under the new CBA, you have to have later practices. You can't have as many practices in yep. this part of the season in August that you want. So you stage your development of your team. You're saying I'm not going to be as good in week one as I am when I'm winning the Super Bowl, theoretically. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a long training camp, September, the first month of the season. Bill Belichick, I think it comes down the same tree, especially with the Raiders. They have guys you don't want to get hurt. They have a few guys. They're like the Rams in that way. They have a few guys where they don't want to play any Devontae Adams. They don't want to play any Darren Waller or Derek Carr. Trevor Lawrence, on the other hand, I could see him getting frisky. It's been a long time since anyone said anything good about Trevor Lawrence. And, and, it, and it's just, it's about, so you look at the, the Raiders from that perspective of the way that Bill Belichick kind of prepares for the, the preseason, the regular season. I think Josh McDaniels is going to echo that. And from the Jaguars perspective, Doug Peterson comes in and he's trying to change yep. the culture. I think this is a Jaguars team that plays hard in the preseason to try and change that culture, get wins, feel good about themselves so that they can experience what winning feels like. No doubt. I I'm going to be on the Jaguars on Thursday. This reminds me of the Texans last year when no one said they have any chance to win any game. So what does that mean? They got to prioritize the games that they have a chance to win. <laughs> the Jaguars similarly have a lot of guys where they're not bona fide starters. They're kind of just in the league. Mm-hmm. This is the Terrell Davis moment. You do it in the preseason, you knock somebody down, you make a splash. A lot of players on the Jaguars, much more than on the Raiders, where they yes. have you know the the top players and the and the rookies. They have a lot of guys scrapping on the Jaguars. I think that is a team to bet on in the preseason. Yeah, so I like that absolutely coming up here on Thursday, and I'm going to be looking at these teams all throughout the preseason. Uh, what else are you looking for when it comes to betting preseason? Bet on the Ravens. It's pretty simple. They're bullies. Harbaugh, I think, I don't know if it ended in the last preseason. It was some like 16-0 straight up in ATS streak in the preseason. And it's because the way they play, it's kind of, they, they can't really take their, put their foot off the gas. You know, you can't run a third down, you know, QB sneak, even mm. if you have Tyler Woodley in there and not try to hit somebody in the mouth with, you know, a little bit of intensity. And Harbaugh, to his credit, brings that out of him, keeps that momentum, keeps that energy high. Uh, so I would look to to back the Ravens. 20 be, straight. 20? Yeah, come on. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. <laughs> I bet those numbers move, though. They're going to put those numbers out, and then guys are going to be like, well, I'm not betting against the Ravens. Yeah. It's going to be one-way traffic. So you got to bet those numbers early, but I do think there'll be value there. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, next Thursday, August 11th, Ravens four-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Titans. All right, I like it. I bet it. <laughs> That's what Good we bet. go with as well. And then obviously you're looking to see what uh, some of these teams do as far as who is going to play and who is not going to play in the preseason. Mobile but. quarterbacks is something. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Probably a good bet at minus one and a half over the uh, Raiders. A lot, of, Not a lot of scripted in the preseason. It's very vanilla. There's mm -hmm. no blitzing, but there's also no complex offense. So a lot of the times... The very simple routes they go out and run are not open. And mm. that mobile quarterback, especially ones that are trying to make a team, yeah. make a big difference in the preseason. The backups, yes, absolutely. He is Mackenzie Rivers. You check him out. Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas. RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast. And on Twitter, at Mackin Rivers. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's On Air. And coming up next, we're going to go through the Major League Baseball board for this Tuesday, including the greatest trade deadline acquisition of this season <laughs> that's not actually a trade. 
but he is making a season debut here on Tuesday. We'll talk about that coming up next right here on The Look Ahead on VEASAN. <laughs> this is The Look Ahead on VEASAN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And I teased you with the best trade deadline acquisition that's actually not a trade. Jacob DeGrom will make his season debut for the Mets on Tuesday against the Nationals. DeGrom has not pitched for the Mets since July 7th of 2021. He had right forearm tightness, then a sprained elbow, and then he had a stress reaction in his right scapula. Couple of rehab starts. Now he is ready to be back for the Mets. The number posted, I'm seeing at some books, minus 290, minus 320. Of course it's high. I think there's only one way to bet this game, and it's betting the Mets. Probably the Mets in the first five, if you want to back to Grom. Maybe a first five under because DeGrom and first five-unders go hand-in-hand. Maybe a nerfy, a no-run first inning. The thing is, the Nationals are an auto-fade. Not only do they just stink, but Juan Soto is probably not going to be in the lineup tomorrow. If they trade Juan Soto, there's who's getting on base for this team? Who's going to provide their offense? Juan Soto was their offense here against the Mets on Monday. He hit a home run. He walked three times. Without Soto in this lineup, 
Who do you fear? There's absolutely no one that you go into an at-bat as an opposing pitcher thinking, I got to deal with this guy. The lineup is going to be, I mean, what is it? It's, it's Nelson Cruz, a guy who at 42 years old can't catch up to a fastball anymore. I mean, Josh Bell, probably, right? But he could get traded too. I don't think he's going to, but it's like the lineup is Victor Robles, Cesar Hernandez, Josh Bell, Yadiel Hernandez, Kybert Ruiz, Michael Franco. This is not a good baseball team. And without Juan Soto, they are going to just be a constant fade. And I look at this game here against the Mets and Jacob DeGrom, and while I believe that it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows for DeGrom, part of me is a little bit nervous. It is his first outing, but it is the Nationals. And I do not expect Juan Soto to be in the lineup. And if he's not, how could you not bet on the Mets? Now, here's another aspect of this, though. What if Soto doesn't get traded? Does that affect him negatively? Because clearly he wants out, right? I mean, he he de- he declined the offers that they're giving him. He's schmoozing it up with everybody at the All-Star game. He's winning the home run derby. The, the agent's talking to teams about signing long-term deals with whoever trades for him. He's loving the idea of, you know, he won a World Series with the Nationals. He's only 23 years old, and he's leaving a bad Nationals team that has no future prospects of getting back to a World Series. Not anytime soon. And yet he could go to a contender like the Dodgers or the Padres. He's got to be thrilled. And then to maybe to not get traded, it has to affect him negatively. So even if he doesn't get traded, and he's in the lineup, I don't think you get the best of Juan Soto here on Tuesday. The price is high, but I got to believe the Mets get the job done once again against the Nationals, and and especially if there's no Soto in the lineup. Let's run through the schedule here for Tuesday and see what we are working with. Uh, The action gets started. There is uh, a 4 o'clock Eastern time day game. It's a doubleheader. The Rockies and the Padres will play a double dip in San Diego. Uh, Hugh Darvish is scheduled to go for the Padres in game one. Game two of the doubleheader, the pitching matchup should be, um, I guess, Jose Urena for um, the Rockies and Reese Nurr is getting the start for the Padres. But again, these pitching things could change, especially in a doubleheader. So you have to keep an eye on what those lineups look like. The Reds take on the Marlins. Braxton Garrett goes against uh, Graham Ashcraft. And, you know, the Reds did get a win here on uh, Monday against the Marlins. But I I think I like the Marlins here on Tuesday. I like the idea of fading teams here at the trade deadline that are affected by trades. And the Reds, you know, I I guess it wasn't all happening at once, but Castillo gone, Naquin gone, Tommy Pham gone. So uh, I just wonder how this team performs uh, in this first game here on uh, Tuesday. 
Uh, the Brewers take on the Pirates. Corbin Burns gets the start from Milwaukee against, uh, looks like Ben Wilson gets the start. Or excuse me, Bryce Wilson gets the start for the uh, Pirates. Milwaukee minus 265, I'm seeing. 270. It's a high price, but I, I guess you got to be looking at back burns here, especially in the first five innings. Now, the question is, do you, can you back them on the run line without Josh Hader now in the back end of this bullpen? It does affect the way you look at this team a little bit. It, it certainly does. Uh, the Yankees will send uh, yet a battle of two 10-game winners here. Logan Gilbert for the Mariners. Jameson Tyone for the Yankees. Yankees minus 165 in the Bronx. Diamondbacks take on the Guardians. Zach Gallen goes for the D-backs against Tristan McKenzie for the Guardians. And Cleveland is minus 145. Total of 7.5 in that one. Kevin Gosman gets the start for the Blue Jays in Tampa against the Rays. Rays will have um, Drew Rasmussen on the hill. And Toronto is minus 145, total of seven, pretty low total. Phillies will take on the Braves. Nick Nelson gets the start for Philadelphia. Spencer Strider gets the start for the Braves. Atlanta minus 235. That is a high price. Um, The Phillies are a team. I'd be interested to see what happens here at the deadline for them. Noah Syndergaard's a pitcher that could be on the move from the Angels. And I'd like to see the Phillies go out and get him. I think it would be a great move for Philadelphia. Add to that rotation. Bring him back to the National League East where he was dominant for the Mets. Comfortable pitching in all of those ballparks, right? Because he has pitched in all of those ballparks in his career. And he gets his old uh, teammate and Zach Wheeler there and... I think it would be a good acquisition for Philadelphia. Uh, Tigers take on the Twins. You got Chris Archer on the hill for Minnesota. Uh, Matt Manning goes for Detroit. Minnesota minus 190. Cubs take on the Cardinals. Keegan Thompson for Chicago. Adam Wainwright for the Cards. Cardinals minus 170. Orioles at the Rangers. Jordan Lyles gets the start for Baltimore. Spencer Howard goes for Texas. Texas minus 125 total. Of eight and a half. Red Sox take on the Astros. Cutter Crawford, great name for a pitcher. He goes for Boston. Christian Javier goes for Houston. Houston minus 225. Royals take on the White Sox in Chicago. Brad Keller, who was scratched from a start here on Monday, will start on Tuesday against Lucas Giolito. Chicago minus 170. Uh, Angels take on the A's. Cole Irvin scheduled to go for the A's. Noah Syndergaard is scheduled to go for the Angels. Right now, the Angels are minus 125, but don't be surprised if Syndergaard is scratched from this start because he gets traded here at the deadline. Dodgers take on the Giants. Alex Wood goes for San Francisco. Tyler Anderson for the Dodgers. LA minus 145. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The Major League Baseball trade deadline is 6 p.m. Eastern time here on Tuesday. And I'm not going to put out a card or a play of the day until we finalize some trades because some lineups could be changing here coming up on Tuesday. And, of course, we are all waiting to see if Juan Soto does, in fact, get traded from the Washington Nationals. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
This is VSIN, the. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare <laughs> 